Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Uh, all right, podcast starts now. Podcast starts now. What's up, freaks and losers out there? You are listening to Stradio Lab, the only podcast about gay guys for gay guys. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did I, that one wrong, but um, it's. I mean, have we ever done it right? Is the real question. No, um, I don't think there is such a thing as right and wrong in podcasting. Well, if there's any environment oh someone's honking if there's any environment uh where there isn't such a thing as right and wrong it is this podcast yeah i mean what what's next we're gonna be grading podcasts we're gonna what a plus for good podcast structure I, that's not a yeah. world i want no it, right and wrong is um i know this sounds almost trumpian but i do think we need to move forward from from that binary i i do wish the other day i thought of okay imagine this as a as a satirical idea, what if there was a social media platform where <laughs> um, it was built in such a way that it encouraged nuance and you got points the more nuanced you were? <laughs> so the satire is like, obviously, you can't quantify nuance or you can't, um, you know, uh, what's the word? Gamify it. But instead, it's like this world where the people <laughs> that have the most nuance of their thoughts become nuance influencers. And then everyone is like, and then they have like giant brains. <laughs> well, I love the premise. I, I, I'm, I'm down to invest already. I guess my question is like, sometimes I feel like with too much, like it's going to be a tough balance because when you are striving for nuance, Inevitably. you can sort of just start like it, it bleeds quickly into hot takes. Yes. Well, because you're like, well, let's hear this out. Let's hear every, let's like listen to everything. And, and then you're sort of like, well, I've considered all these crazy ideas now. Yes. Well, I have that's too much paradox. nuance. In order, in order to really have nuance, you have to first know the pillars of truth. <laughs> because otherwise, you're, otherwise you are masquerading as a nuance influencer. And you're in fact the least nuanced of all. Wow. So for this app, there will have to be sort of a, a czar a of truth. Okay, there will a be committee. A, a committee of prominent um thinkers artists <laughs> academics um you know uh <laughs> comedians sure uh i guess you know it gets a little slippery there because it's like well how did they get this position that's right yes um there will be a committee for that to decide who gets to be on the nuance committee and so the users have no say 
Right. And the and that's where the, of course, social satire comes in, in that the committee itself will be deeply fascist. So you have a fascist committee deciding who is the most nuanced thinker in this free for all where everyone feels like they have they're in they're in this kind of um, marketplace of ideas. But in fact, the people that get that that rise to the top are are paradoxically the least nuanced thinkers. <laughs> But this is my response to whether we can move past right or wrong, by the way. That's why I, it's like, this you know, is... moving. It's like, it's not about right or wrong. It's about having the most nuance. You can have the most nuance and be wrong, but you still win. Okay. What if the app is like a quicksand type of thing where it's like, almost like the less you use it, the higher your rank goes up. Like, so it's like about nuance, but it's also about like sparingly using it. Like if you use it like once every two years to just like make a, a really like thoughtful point, yeah. you're like flying high. You're like have a million followers on nuance app. Yes. But if yes, like- it's kind of, the you know, <laughs> the winner is um, Fiona Apple just coming, popping out once every seven years and putting forth a very uh, deeply felt um work that is not influenced by by kind of the day-to-day hot takes i think i mean that's an app i would appreciate i think actually and the committee is the grammy uh (laughs) nominating committee (laughs) and the app is called the 46th annual grammy awards (laughs) (laughs) hey guys if you enjoyed that you might enjoy watching the 46th annual grammy awards this sunday hosted by dua lipa (laughs) Uh, Wait, but what I wanted to run by you, and I want your take on this or nuanced opinion. Okay, is so. This is an idea my my friend Jen put forth, and I am got to give a huge that. shout out to Jen. Huge shout out to Jen. <laughs> Hashtag IDK my BFF Jen. <laughs> listeners, listeners out there, know Jen. They hear that name <laughs> and they're cheering. <laughs> um, and she said, you know, we were talking about things being overrated and underrated, and she said. That's the wrong framework. It's actually either something has hype and is everywhere or it's completely ignored. This That is how the ecosystem is now. Wait, wait, wait. So wait, it either... Ha- wait, I'm confused. It can either be in the ecosystem of media... The way things work now is that it's either something becomes the thing or it's nothing at all. There are no levels. So it's like either it is the net, it's like Emily in Paris, Queen's Gambit, um, the viral story, whatever. Either it's like the one thing everyone's talking about or it or no one cares about it. So that means overrated and underrated are now obsolete because like everything is overrated? Because either something is overrated or it's not rated at all. <laughs> Okay, wait. So either it's overrated, like all those things, or it is just good, or it is not. It's seen more just at all. like if something has praise, there's only one level of pra- it's it it's all or nothing. Oh, oh, okay. We've we have a binary of critique. Yes, it is Which either is the best bad. thing of all time or nothing at all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I stand. That makes sense. I mean, that's like the whole. <sighs> I mean, topical That's why vibes. we have to create nuanced Twitter. The the Emily in Paris thing, like getting actually nominated for stuff is like and insane. And that's what it comes down to is like, <laughs> it's not about right or wrong with Emily in Paris. It's just about like, it is allowed to exist. And got enough attention. Exactly. It doesn't matter. It, it, it's irrelevant of the, the valence of it. It's not about if, if it's positive or negative. It's just about that it is big. Yes. Can I, I feel um, honestly kind of guilty about Emily in Paris. Me too. And I also feel um, that you brought me in. You were the one. I mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. didn't watch it. And then you kept saying, just do it. And <laughs> I have, I'm going to paint a picture for you. When I finally decided to watch Emily in Paris, I was having a very bad day. And I decided to take a my first bath in my new apartment. I got into the bath and I said, I'm going to watch Emily in Paris while I take a bath. Then realized in the bath, my bathtub, in fact, um, does not fill adequately. So I filled it up all the way and then realized it just started leaking. So I was mm. nude watching Emily in Paris <laughs> as water just just kind of drained around me to the point where then I was kind of in, an, in kind of half an inch of water <laughs> and, and watching episode three of Emily in Paris, which I do think is um, 
I don't know, kind of a fitting, kind of a fitting. Yeah, that's kind of unique. beautiful. It's it's about the American Empire. There's something there. Yes. Um, well, exactly. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I really. You think you're being fun. You think you're being playful when you when you take up these shows that are bad and say, "Watch them. They're bad, and they're they're bad in an interesting way." And you should like uh, explore that feeling. And then it's like, no, actually, we need to deplatform Emily. We need to deplatform Paris. We need to get rid of all of these things. <laughs> Until we know what's going on, we need to actually deplatform Paris for and if any and kind of French culture. I think anyone who's even a Francophile at this point is a suspect in terms of <laughs> propping up the Emily and Paris hegemony. It is suspect. We need to figure out what the hell is going on because this is just unacceptable. Do you know who I think would help us figure out what the hell is going on? Um, uh, potentially our guest. I don't know, maybe award-winning writer, journalist, and um, comedian slash comedy world figure. <laughs> you know, and I would love to get into exactly what that entails. And I want to say before we bring her in, to me, we said, and peek behind the curtain, as is the tradition in this podcast, we said we want to have, we want to broaden the scope of this podcast, not just comedians. And what a perfect person to be a bridge between the comedy world and the non-comedy. She is the Emily in Paris if the United States is comedy and Paris is the rest of the world. Okay, sure. That checks out for me. And with that, <laughs> I think it's time to welcome our friend, your friend and mine, Nomi Fry. Hi, guys. Hey. Nomi, what? I should, I should note that I have not won a single award you said is that true you know, and i'm so glad you said that because george said award-winning and i was like you know i'm not gonna say which awards but you know yeah that's I, i'm not gonna say either because there are none you know well that's very interesting i very famously won, interesting i famously won one award and it is called the laughter trump's hate move on.org's laughter trump's hate comedy competition in 2016 you're kidding oh no i'm not <laughs> Wow. So I guess I'm the only award-winning writer in this group. Yeah. Actually, George, that's not true. I won an award when I was in eighth grade for writing an essay that was, yes, you can't cancel me because I'm coming out about it. Eighth grade, I wrote a pro-George Bush essay. What? No. Become, I mean, I didn't know what was going on. It was I was like living in a Republican town and it was like – this is just what you think. Here. Oh my god! This is like Io being homophobic all over again, which she <laughs> loves to bring up. By the way, at what point in the war was this? Um, how many innocents see. had been killed? <laughs> and what was the death count by this time? <laughs> I guess this was like uh, two, two, three years after nine eleven. No, not after nine eleven. No, wait. No, no, no. We, you were. Wait. wait, where am I? Eighth. Wait. No, after two years after nine eleven, where was I in nine eleven? Sixth oh, grade, seventh grade. Oh, I see. You're, yeah, yeah. Because you're like you're like a little bit older than me. Yeah. Um, I was just a baby. Yeah. <laughs> you cut what? out for me. What'd you oh, just no. say? Am I back? Yes, I, you're I back. Hear you. But I missed I a punchline. No, my punchline was that I was just a baby during nine eleven. Um. Yeah. Well, held for applause. <laughs> sorry. Um, sorry. So anyway, I derailed to say that I yeah I have won an award and I would do anything to give it back because no I don't believe it but maybe sometimes you got to play to the audience. Sam, you should give it back. Yeah. And actually, then post about it publicly. Yeah. <laughs> you should actually post about it, being like, "Hey guys, I know a lot's going on in the world, but I just wanted to say." And you like post a photo of the award. I'm giving back this award I won in eighth grade for a pro-Bush <laughs> essay competition. And that's like, wow, that's, yeah, that would be like a really brave, you know, silence is complicity. Yes. Mm -hmm. And actually, in fact, Sam, I'm now, you know, you should not just only do that. You should, in fact, <laughs> release a statement where a political prisoner gives the speech for you and says, on behalf of Sam Tagger, <laughs> I'm giving this award back to, um, you know, George Washington Middle School in <laughs> In I think that could be, it could be really powerful. Yeah, I think that's a, a a huge sends a great message to all the youth out there, and I think that's basically why I do what I do. So I definitely think I should do that. 
imagine if you if the internet existed at that time in social media and you like went viral for being like the bush teen and then people oh, were like you should kill yourself that would i mean it's really it is dark like yeah. you're everything you've ever done should reset maybe every five years oh, it should okay, just okay well <laughs> <laughs> what what <laughs> do you want to expand on that well i feel like if i was that was eighth grade and uh-huh. five years later i was like in college and it's sure. like i'm a completely different person i guess what i mean is like that does make more sense if you're a child it makes less sense later on in life if we reset every five years it's kind right. of a slippery slope where no one's held accountable for anything so the man okay, killed well, that's in a good like point. 2018 right nomi has right. murdered people. i have <laughs> killed a man so <laughs> But it was a man, so it was actually. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was feminist. a man. It was the height of like women saying that they're like misandrist on yes, on like yes, Tumblr. Yeah, yeah not twenty eighteen. Yeah, it was like you can't you know, be held accountable for fifteen twenty four. You were red pilled. You were red pilled by a feminist Tumblr and killed a man. <laughs> well. If I can be honest, at this point in the podcast, I am already embarrassed. I feel. No. Um, genuine embarrassment um sometimes i feel like i say things and i'm like this will be hilarious to uh remember and then i'm like welp actually Wait, what did you what did you say no that i you thought it was great you're... yeah no i suck sam what? you're literally gonna win you okay <laughs> you better be returning your bush award soon because you're gonna win an award for this episode of this podcast for being hashtag vulnerable wow i love that well never mind i feel incredible Great. <laughs> okay, so to recap, I won an award given by moveon.org. Sam won an award for writing a pro Bush essay. And I have won no awards. <laughs> Nomi Fry has won no awards. Nomi, I do, I also more about George's intro. I feel like there was a lot said and I just kind of do want to fact check some of those things. Okay. Um, because we can tell already that there was some misinformation being spread. Yeah. Um do how would you define <laughs> What do, do you see yourself as this ambassador between the comedy community and the real world? Yes. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Thank you for speaking out. When, yeah, I'm speaking out. When George asked me if I would like to do the podcast, and I was, of course, like honored and excited, and I said, oh my God, finally. <laughs> and then to sort of like, you know, backpedal, not backpedal, but to. to God, I know what you're going to say, and I'm so like embarrassed. To, yeah. No, no, to make the absence, the, the, the lack of, of, you know, forthcoming invitation until then. George said, well, we've decided to broaden the horizons. Uh, we, You will be our first non-comedian guest. God, your delivery of that. And I said, <laughs> non-comedian? <laughs> what, are you trying, what are you trying to imply here? As soon as I, and it was in writing, too, so I couldn't backtrack. I, yeah, this I have was a it. Text. I'm going to... I'm gonna, I have the receipts. <laughs> I'm going to have to give back my moveon.org award. <laughs> I have the receipts and I'm going to post them on Twitter. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, so yeah. So, so I, I forgive him. I understand that it's like, you know, he, he misspoke. He misspoke. And I did. I misspoke. And we all make mistakes and that's okay. Um, but yes, to your question, I do consider myself at least partly, you know, a member of the comedy community. Okay. Based on not much, I do admit, but you know. I want to know when you knew you were part of the comedy community. <laughs> um Okay. Well, I mean, there's a couple of questions, a couple of answers to that. One answer is that when I was, I believe, fourth or maybe fifth grade, I asked my mom to get me a pair of suspenders. <laughs> And like, um, not a tam o shanter. What do you got? Like a, like a Dom de Luis cap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so, you know, I was at that moment. It was like, yes, I'm entering the comedy community. And I mm-hmm. thought, you know, it was always, um, it was always part of me. Like I, I always felt sort of like a comedian yes um so that was one one point 
where I kind of like symbolically, I would say, became a member of the comedy community, though I wasn't, you know, making the rounds at clubs, doing open right. mics and so on. No. I was a young you girl. You were out for only even at that young age. <laughs> you actually didn't have to try out for anything. <laughs> and, but I think officially, where would I put it? Oh, yeah. I feel like this was like 2015, maybe. I was selected by Brooklyn Magazine, the freebie magazine, as one of Brooklyn's 50 funniest people. And as was... As was... Me! Sam? Sam. Yeah, we were both in Brooklyn Magazine together. Was that in the same year? Because they had it a couple years. I don't remember the exact year it was. Did you say 2016? I mean, I, I think it was I vaguely, around then. I, I, yeah, maybe 2015. 20, uh, yeah. I, either 15 or 16, I think. Wow. Yeah. I'm gonna, so I I'm think that was the moment where I was like, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's all coming together for me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's happening. Those those uh suspenders and the Dom de Louise cap were not for naught. To, to me, I think of you not as just between comedy and non-comedy, but more of a conduit and a liminal figure that exists oh. to go back and forth between various worlds. I think you oh. can, for instance, be in the LA influencer world, come back and share your findings with a New York literati. Then you can be in the fashion streetwear world and go share your findings with let's say your mom friends oh so you are there are all these different worlds and you seamlessly go from from one to the other i i i I guess you could say i'm kind of a zealot like figure Mm. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) um but i mean that sounds what you're describing sounds great and i guess technically not untrue i don't feel myself to really be that but I guess like on the face of it or like on the on the ground so to speak I do have different types of friends and like social mm-hmm. and groups. we've been on the ground doing the research <laughs> oh yeah 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 of course you don't oh, you just have to speak. yeah of course you're you're basing this on like a long process yeah we actually both are award-winning journalists <laughs> <laughs> um, um, Yes. So, so I guess that's true. And and with the comedy as well. Right. So I, you know, I, I was always, you know, to, to greater or lesser success was the funny one. Yes. And not always funny environments. Interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For instance, in the army. Oh, my God, that's right. <laughs> You were in the I was army. In the army in Israel. I had to. Like I, I, I grew. Just up for the record, it. she had to. <laughs> yeah, I had to. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't have done it otherwise. But um, it's mandatory. Um, Do you know what? I, you know, I'm. Um, you know, my. It's mandatory for me too. But if you, it's it's less strict than Israel in that. Like I now because I've proven that I am a full time resident, and um, of the United States and have worked in the United States since. I was 18, I can like delay it until you no longer have to do it. Right. But like, even still now, I can't, if I wanted to even, I can't go to Greece for more than like two or three months, I think, without being put into the military. Yeah, I think I need to actually find out what the rules are for Nina, for our daughter. There's, I I need, I just need to find out. But anyway, the army wasn't very funny. And I always tried to be funny. That was going to be my question. Being the, funny, the army being, funny? Yeah, being the funny. <laughs> do you know what I heard about the Greek military? Um, mm. This is, I fact-checked this and I don't think it's true, but <laughs> apparently I heard so, at and some yet, point that... And repeat it. Yeah, yeah. spread well, the I have, I have, so, Biden's America. And Biden's... And you know, I have so many thoughts ping-ponging in my head about your experience in the Israeli military. I'm like, do you... Where do you stand on Gal Gadot? Does right. Mina f- feel a kinship with Wonder Woman? You know, um... They're There's all so much there. They're all Wonder Woman focused. Your yes. your questions. Yeah. All Wonder Woman <laughs> focused. Yeah. And in fact, of course, I the other my other recent Israeli reference is the recent Israeli Eurovision winner with that insane chicken song. Wait, do you know this? I'm trying to know. Did I miss that? I'm gonna put the, this audio in in the episode. I think I would say maybe three or four years ago, the winner of Eurovision <laughs> was oh, this well, Israeli. There was that woman who's saying, "I'm not a toy." 
That one. Yes. So she yes, literally yes. in the chorus is like buck 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 buck. I guess I forgot that. Like that's like literally it's like she you know when you see like you know it's like Mark Ronson writing a song or something and he's like and then I did it's like that New York Times video series that right right um, diary of a song diary of a song yeah. of course but you know how it's like someone and he's like oh and then we we did this and then he presses the button and it's like pew, pew, pew. so it's literally her and she's singing i'm not your toy and then the sound is buck, 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 buck. <laughs> sense i can see that (laughs) i can see that yeah but the only thing i wanted to say about the greek military is that at one point someone said this to me and it really stuck with me i was very young that apparently in the greek military there was a rumor that to find out if people were gay oh i love those sorts of things they would have you bend over naked (laughs) to like see if your butt had been (laughs) used for sex george when did you hear this rumor when you were like 12 this i literally insane. heard this when i was like yeah like when i was like 13 and i was like and well like, i have some decision like topping only for this one right right you're if like, i want to bring uh you know not bring shame to my country oh my god amazing yeah it's a classic i i mean this is actually true but i think that you're supposed to I mean, isn't that the thing where you're supposed to cough to see if your balls are like, so I remember hearing (laughs) that for the first time and thinking it was one of those like urban, like similarly, I was like, is this real? Or is this like one of those things where you have have to bend over to see if you're gay? Yes. You know? Sure, sure. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Wow. I love uh, homophobic rumors from our youth. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. You know, I remember uh, hearing about things like don't ask, don't tell and being like, wait, so there's just all these like secret gay guys in the army, like hot. <laughs> yeah, sign me up. <laughs> so we just have to like sniff them out. Let's go. Um, <laughs> so that, that's what you wrote about in the George Bush. Uh, that was my pro Bush. That was my big pro yeah. Bush point is I was like, and, and who could forget don't ask, don't tell, which he yeah. supports, which needless to say is hot. Ultimately, yeah, yeah. I think, um, get me First in there and prize. let me sniff him out. <laughs> I do. I mean, I, it is true that don't ask, don't tell is the hottest possible name for an immoral I know, policy. It's kind of amazing. It's kind of. A gay really, guy definitely came up with the title. Yeah. Yeah. It was a gay guy being like, <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> It really paints a picture. Yes. Right? Yeah. Oh, God. Um, Wait, should we do our first segment, Sam, just to get it out of the way? Oh, sure. And you know what? And I'm going to say not to just get it out of the way. I think, you know, talking about the military is so complicated. And I think this is a great little um, parachute to um, get us uh, away from this free fall into. um... It is. And and you know what? And you know what? If you want to know my opinions about the Israeli military, DM me and I'll tell you. I want to reiterate um, that I was I I I didn't choose to go. <laughs> <laughs> um okay, know me. Yeah. Our first segment is called Straight Shooters and in this segment we give you a series of rapid fire questions to gauge your familiarity with and complicity in the vast multicolored fabric of straight culture. And we're basically just going to give you A or B and you have to just Say what you relate to, just what comes to your mind. It's very kind of um, you have to let it. You have to let it pick you, and and we can't we can't give you any more guidance. You're not allowed to ask any questions about how it works. You just have to pick one, and it's and it's just uh, two straight uh, things. Okay. Okay, Sam, take it away. Okay, Nomi, a recipe for disaster or a recipe for tacos al pastor. A recipe for disaster. <laughs> okay. Warby Parker or Travis Barker? Travis Barker. Okay. Neville Longbottom, Peter Pettigrew, or Newt Gingrich? Oh my god. Neville Longbottom. <laughs> the human stain, the human condition, or the human centipede? 
Probably the human stain. Okay. Lisa Frank, Lisa Loeb, or Lisa, a brand new Lexus? Lisa Loeb. <laughs> Olivia Wilde, Olivia Munn, or Activia Yogurt? Uh, Olivia Wilde. Uh, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, or she had them apple bottom jeans. <laughs> she had them apple bottom jeans. Okay, Nomi, your final question. The autopsy, the autopsy was inconclusive, or the 90s sitcom was not inclusive? <laughs> <laughs> the autopsy was inconclusive. Good choice. Wow, great wow, work. Wow, that's so funny. Um, well, George... Uh, where do we stand currently on rating our guests? I know. We go back and forth with this. I have to say my instinct, what I look for, and this is kind of like how I don't believe in right and wrong. I only believe in nuance. What I look for with these answers is confidence over anything else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I got that from Nomi. Like we, you know, wow. so often people insist on asking us follow-up questions or kind of freeze uh, with the pressure. But I thought, I thought it was correct. I give you three Chromatica Oreos. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, I've been meaning to try those. You know, actually I did have them. Would that be <laughs> Yes, Nomi. And actually <laughs> we're done here. <laughs> Interview over. Do you where do we stand on like kind of um, you know, memes like that? Like I'm like like I'm the like, Chromatica is, we, Oreo? Yeah, like are we, am I done with like is it funny to me? I can't tell. I can't tell. I like the, you know, snail or snail snake eating its own tail element yeah. of it. I think yeah. it's like uh, so lazy and kind of bad that it's getting fun again. Right. In like a backwards way. Right. Uh, it almost feels like the critique of capitalism is built into the capitalist endeavor <laughs> with the release of Chromatica Oreos. Yeah. There's a darkness that, that I like that is funny. Um, I don't know. Nomi, where do you stand? I mean, I, you know, at this point, it's like we're so deep in Mm. that it just seems like why not be like pigs and shit? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I think that's a, yeah. As long as we're this, at least with this. But, but that's the thing though. That's the thing. It's like, is this just another Emily in Paris? And that's the thing though. (laughs) Can I say something? You guys know that I haven't watched Emily in Paris. I did not know that. I mean, I, I, you haven't? I haven't. I, I mean, not just the cultural critic, but as of recently, uh, specifically a, a TV critic, occasionally. Right. Although this was before. I mean, yeah, I've yeah, written yeah. about TV over the years, but um, yeah, you're right. I mean, yes. I mean, maybe I need to... I, I, you know what? Maybe I'll come to it season two. I'll come to it fresh. You know what I mean? And then, like, we're past all the hubbub. Yeah. We're like, you know, the memes, the complaints, the I can't believe I'm watching this, but I can't stop, you right. know. And then I come to it fresh and I look at it like a beautiful Grecian urn. Right. <laughs> you just do a simple textual analysis as though you've never heard of any of the conversation nothing. around it. You're just like, I know yeah. nothing. <laughs> I don't know what Paris is. I've never right. heard the name Emily. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it would be funny if your review hinged on kind of discovering what Paris is through this series. You know, who knows? It's like they're they're giving me a platform now and I might as well do something new with it. <laughs> yes, yes. For once, for I would once. like to see something new in The New Yorker. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for once. For um, once, giving it to someone who's never heard of of the city yes. of Paris. The, one, the New Yorker takes a bold stamp step <laughs> by giving a, a, a column to someone who has never heard of the city of Paris. I mean, it's the perspective we stamp. need right now. Yeah. We need a it fresh is. look at Paris and we need a fresh look at Emily and how the two interact. Exactly. Okay, but I do think that it, the premise of Emily in Paris is like, we need a fresh perspective. Someone that's an idiot. Like, that's literally <laughs> the point. That's like the plot of Emily in Paris. It's like uh-huh. she goes there and she's like, you think I'm an idiot? Well, yeah, I am jealous and then everyone's like <laughs> you know like it's a oh. it's the voice we need now it's the <laughs> yes, darkest yeah. show in the world i yeah i feel okay the chromatica oreo is not uh-huh. the emily in paris of of, of snacks <laughs> snacks because it's i feel like it's funny on purpose like it's like obviously still a ploy to like make money as is everything in this world right. but it's like 
a little bit purposefully stupid, I think. Yeah. And I feel like Emily in Paris, like Darren Starr was like, this is going to fucking crush. Like this right. is the smartest shit in the whole wide world. I want to say, I, I think Nomi, you're very good at sniffing out of these border cases of like, is this, is this ironic or is this not ironic? Is this like a commentary or is this like a desperate ploy for publicity? Like, I think you're good at sniffing yeah. out which ones are, uh, which ones have some heft to them. I feel like, well, certainly it doesn't have heft. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's certainly not a critique. Um, but I think, you know, like everything... I mean, I think it's kind of funny because Gaga is like really serious, ultimately. You know, she's fun, like she's a pop star, obviously, and but she is very serious, even when she's like, you know, singing like one of her songs that are like, you know, bops. I'm mean, not necessarily like, <laughs> you know, not necessarily like Joanne, of course, or like, you know, Spar right. is Born or something, but even the the ones that are, you know, pure pop. Mm-hmm. It's always delivered with a kind of like razor, like it's just like the focus is like yes. Um, and so I think it is kind of funny for her to do like a cookie, right? To channel <laughs> that energy into a cookie. Yeah, it's. I mean, so it is in that sense. It's fun and funny, mm-hmm. uh, but also clearly like a ploy. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, there. It also is like, it is something about. It's like a pop move from the past. Like it feels like from like a different era, like the eighties or something. Where it's, and it's like, it's funny that it's coming out like amidst amidst COVID, as the yeah. Daily Mail likes to say. I love amid COVID. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, because like, oh, it's like, yeah, people are like dying like flies. There's like literally a plague. And we're like, now more than ever, now more than ever, we need that neon pink cookie. Um, But I will caution that Mm -hmm. since I haven't tried the cookies, and I haven't even held them, you know, (laughs) felt felt their texture, (laughs) um, kind of weigh them in my palm, you know, kind of, you know, feel being with a cookie, I haven't been with the cookie. I, I don't know that I can make a full assessment, a fair assessment. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, because there is the, as with everything, there's the idea of it. And then in practice, it's, you do actually have to eat it. Yeah, right. And, and, you know, and Oreos in general are interesting because it is. 100%. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, for someone, George, tell me if you, if this is, that this sounds like uh, kind of f- familiar to you or not. But, you know, there were, when I, I mean, I'm older than you, but when I, as a child, came to America in the 80s from Israel um, and the cookie, the most American cookies yeah. for me were Oreos and Chips Ahoy. Like the two bad, those crinkling, like loud, like bags right. that you would kind of slide the thing, the little like plastic tray from out of. And the, the, yeah. the, the cookies would be like completely uniform, you know, which is not the way of cookies. Like that's not how cookies should be. <laughs> yeah, but they that's were not like, how they should be. Yeah. They were like soldiers. You know, yeah, yeah, and they would kind of like find their way into your mouth somehow, and it was you usually ate too much, and it was like your mouth was filled to the brim with like chemicals, <laughs> and it was like just this like orgasmic, mm-hmm. pre-orgasmic um, <laughs> yep. feeling of plenitude, but also like you were gonna, like you were gonna choke, like you were on the verge of suffocating. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. No, it's exa- it's like your your mouth is full of sand. Yeah. Yeah. It just But it's chocolate flavor. It's chocolate and there's the cream and the the biscuit and the cream and it's like so chemically but it's so wonderful. Yeah. So right. so Oreos in and of themselves are kind of like I don't I don't know when they started making Oreos, but I met them in the 80s. I'm sure they mm-hmm. they were earlier than that. Um and so for me that stood for like uh, you know america yeah yeah so it's, well, it's also like yeah. it is it's like it's um how do i put that like it is something that is so uh artificial yeah but it is part of 
deeply part of American culture in a way that in a different country, it would be something like that actually arose from the people. Sure. So it's like, someone will be like, the best way to... Yeah, it's like the best way to eat Oreos is to like take out the top part and then lick the cream. Yeah. And it's saying it as though it's this like kind of um as though it's this from father to son. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's like it, it, it's like instilling it with this kind of authenticity that like it just can't have because it is a cookie made by Nabisco, Nabisco. or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. What, yeah, is Nabisco, it Nabisco, whatever. Nabisco. Even the name Nabisco. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like can it be any more artificial sound yeah yeah so so i think so the the choice you know because i i would assume that gaga could have had you know like i remember when kind of like boutique cookies started coming into the market so of course now there's like super like kind of high-end faux artisanal or really artisanal cookies that you can buy and they're like expensive and like a specific but even like when pepperidge farm for me pepperidge farm Milano's with their scent. Milano's were huge. With their scent of international travel, you know, <laughs> with their. Uh, Milano's were the original Emily in Paris. Yes, because it's exactly. like an American yes. cookie that studied abroad. Yes, exactly, exactly. So you know, and then there were all of these, like you know, there were Milano's, and then there were like whatever else they had. Like it was like Geneva. I don't know. I think they do have Geneva. Yes, but, yes, they do. Um, so that's a that's a whole other kettle of fish. But Gaga, you know, she went with the gold. She went with the classic. Right. I, I, I think the saying, talking about it being in COVID is an interesting detail because I feel like in a normal time, normal time, when there's, you know, not a plague, I would... <laughs> Uh, maybe scoff more at it, but because there is like nothing yeah, there's new, nothing. I have nothing to look forward to. There's nothing exciting. Yeah. Uh, like the the Gaga Oreo is kind of the only thing that I <laughs> it can be like, <laughs> okay, time is passing. Things like culture is changing, even though it's not in the ways we're used to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and also it, it's interesting that it's like uh, coming, it, 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 it kind of like, uh, I would say, was kind of like a harbinger of like the Biden administration because <laughs> the Chromatica era in general. Like, well, the no, the Chromatica, but the Chromatica cookie. Oh, that's I feel like you know, like cut two, like three yeah. weeks later, she's on stage at the inauguration, you right. know, making us all sob as she yeah. as she sings uh, the American anthem. Right. Uh, There's something about making something more. Um, it's very Biden era to make take a, a an Oreo cookie, which is the American project, and make it more <laughs> make it more physically interesting but less delicious. Is it less delicious? I, what are, I, what flavor, I have tasted what, them. Yeah, what, and are and how are they? They tasted very average. They they weren't chocolate. They're like a vanilla e cookie. Okay, the uh, biscuit, the biscuit. Part. Yeah, yeah. And then the cream. How about the cream? I think it's normal vanilla it's creamed. So it's like the graham cracker Oreo or the the, the like white Oreos. Basically. Yeah, it's kind of like the white Oreo. Interesting, interesting. Okay. But maybe a little crunchier. I think maybe it was works. crunchier in order to get that design in there. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's interesting because it's like the, it, it's, it, it's, um, with Oreos, it is the case that the form is the most important component, right? Because it's like no matter, you know, you have the St. Patty's Day Oreos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like seriously, when it's like green, you know, you go to the supermarket, the the stuff you get there is like insane. And form wise, the the most like variety that you get is like the double stuff or the thin, right. you know, so it might be smaller, it might be bigger, or yeah. the mini bites. But the the an Oreo is an Oreo. It's an icon. It, like Gaga. That's kinda, yes, yeah. <laughs> Well, it, 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 like Gaga, yeah. <laughs> right, it's like the, there are different eras of Gaga, but at her core, she is Stephanie. She is Stephanie Germanato. <laughs> Germanato, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, oh, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I did want to say also about the uh, things being Biden era. Um, uh-huh. We we talked about the what our predictions for the Biden era. Oh, and that's right. I said like 
I you can't have firework come out again. And I thought it was such an interesting, That's interesting. <laughs> uh, choice when yeah. she she had firework uh sing at uh the inaugural. Katy Perry sang <laughs> Sam, you got so excited that you couldn't finish that sentence. When he had firework <laughs> <laughs> Fireworks what happened? <laughs> so we were like, we were like, how do you, how do you repeat Obama era but with less excitement? I mean, how do you repeat <laughs> yes, Obama really era? Good. It's like, how do you repeat when Obama era? But dead. <laughs> right, but have at the, even symbolically, yeah. have the person at the head be literally Obama's old white vice president? <laughs> like, how do you do that? And so Sam was like, well, you can't release firework again. And literally, then the next week, they had her perform <laughs> firework at the Capitol. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. I, mean, I mean she it's... gave a she gave a great performance so i gotta give a big shout out to her for that i don't know i can't get into this right now but no, we were no. in the group chat of all gays that sam and i are in people were like talking about how katie perry has such good albums and i was like are what are you talking like to me <laughs> katie perry is like the definition of pop mediocrity me, no we can't get into it you know, i'll just say one thing for for me it all went downhill for her when she cut her hair much like Samson. hundred percent. The oh, witness yeah. era. Yeah yeah. 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 But we can't get it. Wait, we, can't, let's we just can't introduce the topic. That. Yeah. Um, a, a good, a good, let's see. Mm, 47 minutes. To be fair, that cookie conversation was amazing. And I felt think it's valuable. Genius. And, oh, a hundred percent. I mean, that's, but this is what I'm, this is like, it's so difficult for me to articulate, but what makes Nomi's mind so uh, unique and powerful is that, that it, so many people think Okay, I'm going to form this sentence. So many people think that a topic like the Chromatica Oreo is simple enough that it's so easy to make a kind of um, uh, postmodern point about it, but only a few people can actually do that well. <gasps> and I think Nomi is one Aww, of those Oh, that's wonderful. Thank Nomi, you. Nomi, congrats. You just won your first writing award. Yay! The George Severus Stradia Lab I mean, I'm serious. Of freedom. <laughs> I'm serious. Also, wait, can I say something that I just realized? This is our second episode in a row with someone who has written a long form piece about Ben Affleck. That's true. Josh, Josh Gondelman, yeah. who you have, would also recent, recently wrote, wrote one. Yeah. yeah. But wow. that's, that's another example. It's like that people writing about Ben Affleck's back tattoo. It's like everyone thinks they can do that because they're like, oh, it's inherently funny. All I have to do is be like, it looks stupid. But no, <laughs> not everyone can do it. Um, okay. let's get into our topic. Let's get into our topic. Um, and, and so you, you know, but behind uh, backstage, um, yes. you know, you two feuded a little, um, we, it was a feud for the ages. <laughs> well, it's, but sorry, I, I just want to say, I am, know me, I'm, this is exactly the kind of thing where I'm making a mental note of the things I'm going to apologize for via text when this is over. Oh my, God, no. my weird comments about like your Israeli background, my weird comments weird about comments? your award winning, about the award or lack of award <laughs> you've done nothing <laughs> wrong okay you've done nothing wrong. just know that i'm keeping track okay 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 but sam go ahead uh so well i was just wondering if you guys kind of wanted to unpack the sort of the the drama that that did happen <laughs> uh, <laughs> between you two uh because you know nomi did come with a topic that's right um Nomi, do you want to sort of talk about what happened? Well, yes, I'll I'll talk about what happened. I'm gonna break it break it down for the listeners. Uh, George asked me beforehand. I should uh, said I should think of a straight topic to discuss. Oh, there's my cat. I guess Hello. cats would be a good straight topic. Aww. Yeah, we just did dogs, but cats would also be very. Look good. at him. He's so good. <laughs> he, is, he is very beautiful. Aww. Hi, Gingy. Uh, sorry. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, I, you know, had a think, as the British say, and I said, <laughs> how about we do the Red Hot Chili Peppers, which is a kind of like uh, when I went on IO and Olivia's podcast, I did Jim Morrison, which is one kind of it's that's the alpha. And then the Red Hot Chili Peppers are the omega <laughs> for me. <laughs> and um, and George said, oh, that sounds like a, that sounds like a good idea. But then coming here, I was blindsided. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Attacked. <laughs> I was attacked <laughs> when George suddenly, with no preamble, said, we're not doing the Red Hot Chili Peppers. We're doing matchmaking because you're a matchmaker. <laughs> wow. And maybe we can talk about that. And I said, oh, well, if you think that's best. <laughs> and, well. and then George was like, 
Sam, what do you think? It's, it's, it, it turned into a whole thing. It was a whole, and I, you know, I'm scared because on the one hand, I have my co-host who I have oh to work God. with for uh, who knows how long. This is an indefinite uh, project, and, th- and then on the other yeah, hand, yeah, there's no plan of stopping anytime soon. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. I mean, if if we had a plan to stop after this episode, I would have really said how I feel to George, and one day I will. Uh, and you know, and on the other hand, there's no me who I'm just meeting for the first time. I I, I don't want to be rude, and so I'm like, it's a delicate, like, it's a delicate dance. Yeah, so I'm just I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place. Both of you, you know, have such strong opinions about both of these topics. <laughs> yes, and so I I just said, hey, whatever you guys want, you know, whatever works. Well, I wanted to add the you know to, you know to kind of um, be realistic about my own flaws. There's a third. There's a, a next step to this, which is that after I suggested this topic, I then backtracked. Mm-hmm. You backpedaled. And said, yes, I backpedaled. Yes. Um, and said, you know, because I thought I said, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to do this topic is because Nomi set me up with the person I am dating. And so I thought it would be a good personal way into the topic. But then I said, oh, wait, no, I don't want I don't want to talk about my personal life on the podcast. So then we were left at this standstill of like, <laughs> OK, well, what the fuck do you want then? It was an impasse. Yeah, it was an impasse. And, and and I still and I still don't know, but we can talk about matchmaking, George. Well, my thing with matchmaking, which I think relates to things we were talking about before, is like you seamlessly having these different, being part of these different communities and different friend groups. I think uh, lends itself well to matchmaking because you maybe will set two people up that are just adjacent enough that they maybe wouldn't have met each other otherwise. Oh, that's a that's an interesting point, right? So I could say set up like um, I don't know, like uh, Ella Emhoff, and uh, now I can't even think. But but and but and, like and one of the guys maybe. from online ceramics, right? <laughs> right. I mean, who knows? And they they might get along great. I are the online ceramics guys single? Uh no. Okay, fine. Oh, wow. Well, we, we need to think of, I think Ella Emhoff is the perfect first part of that setup as in terms of people you would set up. I think <laughs> setting up Ella Emhoff. Although I with, should say that I don't know if Ella is, if she is, uh, is she gay? Is she straight? I mean, this oh, is the perfect sure. question for this podcast, I guess, but That's I right. don't know the answer. Maybe she yeah. is bi? I think maybe? she was queer until she was signed by IMG Models. <laughs> maybe she's going to queer IMG correct. Models. Yeah, I mean, it's somebody's about got time. To. <laughs> I mean, somebody's got to. Their policy of don't ask, don't tell, while sexy, is just unacceptable now. What if IMG Models had a policy of don't ask, don't tell and was revealed to be incredibly homophobic? It's time to disrupt the modeling industry. <laughs> yes. Well, um, so you do matchmake often. I do. I, I, I try and sometimes I succeed, like in George's case. Yes. Uh, we don't have to talk now. about it. Yeah, but it's been over a year and over I year. I was the I was the magician behind the curtain. That's wow. Right. That's right. It just occurred to me, it came to me as if in a in a dream and I said and I, I asked them but they they knew of each other. They didn't yeah. know each other and um but they said, "Oh, he looks cute." Both of them said that. I did say that. And then <laughs> um, and I stand by it. <laughs> and guess what? I stand by it. And and the rest and the rest is history. So you know there are cases like this. There's another case in which my dear friend Claire, who lives in San Francisco, uh, this was a long time ago. This was like ten years ago, maybe. She was single, and then another like some. I asked friends of mine who went to school in Berkeley. I said, "Do you know anyone from San Francisco who's single?" Because Claire is single. I didn't know people in San Francisco. And they said, oh, there's this guy who has just got divorced. And I said, oh, so maybe let me ask her. Maybe you ask him. I'll ask her. Um, and uh, they're married and have two kids now. Whoa. And that's one of the two marriages that? There's another marriage there's another one. where yeah. I should note, actually, that's not. They met through me, but it wasn't at my. But But they met because we were all friends but they didn't know each other so that that's not as but yes they're married now and have two kids but they but meeting through you you mean it wasn't it wasn't a setup setup. it wasn't like an overt setup they happened to we were at a social function yeah yeah 
Um, I have a. Will you consider um, George's? (laughs) (laughs) Will you consider George's um, relationship? uh, uh, Will it only be counted as a success when he is married? Mm. Oh no! No. (laughs) What if you were like, yes? I am against gay marriage. (laughs) Yes. Uh, so in fact, in staying not, you know, unmarried, yeah. in fact, well, that, that was the one condition. The, that was <laughs> the one condition up. for the setup. I was like, you're <laughs> when never you set us married. up, you said, just please be respectful of my anti-gay marriage stance yes. and don't get married. But like, I'm okay with the gays, like whatever, you know. But I am, you are deeply evangelical. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I have a question for you, Nomi. Yeah. And I think I'm very proud of myself for coming up with this question. <laughs> If you could set up any two public figures <gasps> a- anywhere in culture, who would they be? Like with each other? With each other. Oh, wow. That's like really, really hard. Do they have to be currently single, George? Um, let's say, let's say no. Okay. Sam, do you have an answer for this? I'll think about it too. <laughs> oh, this is really hard. I know. I like, don't know why. I now to, I'm regretting. I would love to set up my friend John Mayer with the love of his life, but I can't say that I know. <laughs> I, who wait, so you're actually I'm sorry. friends with John Mayer? Yes. Not, not just, she's not just friends with him. She, like, you know, I and I didn't want to bring it up because I don't know how public you are about it, but um, I very you know, publicly you, forced myself on him. Yeah. And you go, you know. Yes, but, but we're friends. Yeah. I've been to his house. I guess it's been like three times now. Maybe. Three times. So how did that start? I really uh, was very proactive about it. And I like <laughs> trolled him publicly for years <laughs> until I he do. like, until he couldn't, I mean, he just, I gave him an offer. He couldn't refuse. <laughs> <laughs> but who do you think, I'm sorry to push on this. Who do you think would be good for him? That's a really good question. It, yeah. Who would I set him up with? Like, I would love for him to date someone like, who would it be? Like, I have to say, I haven't thought about this actively because I, I think I feel, and it's it's a tall order. I don't know if I'm capable of doing that. Sure, sure. Um, I like how I can't remember a single woman. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm putting you on the spot. No, this is, uh, I always struggle with uh, on the spot questions. It, yeah, uh, I know. Like, no, I mean, it, questions it could... are fine. It's like when I have to remember people and like, you know, I'm like, wait, who, like, who's, who's now like a person who's in the spotlight? Right. You know, do you feel like you would do well with another, you know, he's there a lot of famous women, another famous woman, or do you think? I feel like maybe it, it would be good for him to date someone who is like powerful, you know, like a person in their own right who has their own thing going on and has a familiarity with like the world of like media and celebrities, yeah. but maybe yeah. not like a really famous person. Like right. what if maybe he dates like, like a powerful agent or something? Sure. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Um, or like I don't know a, a fashion person. Yeah, a fashion. <laughs> I was thinking for some reason I was like, <laughs> this is so stupid, but I was like the head of the Lincoln Center, <laughs> which <laughs> makes really no bad. sense. <laughs> it's like really Upper West Side. Yeah, you're yeah, trying yeah, to like, class that's him actually up. Actually, not at all what his vibe is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but maybe it could be something like out of left field. Like maybe it'll be like a ranch hand, uh, like a woman ranch hand who yeah. like is like has like a small brand of like tooled leather products. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that's that's giving me very um, uh, both Nick Kroll and John Mulaney are married to kind of artisan or, or like artistic right. women. Yeah, like maybe someone artistic. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and someone who's maybe a little bit like likes the outdoors, like a rugged, you know, he does have property in Montana. So, oh, so, whoa. you know, someone like that, maybe Got it. someone who enjoys laughing. Ooh, hey, good one. <laughs> who doesn't, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is the Stradio Lab Challenge. If you have a friend out there who's single, <laughs> who loves the rugged outdoors and has uh, an, uh, a love of laughing, uh, DM us and we'll set them up with John Mayer. <laughs> I do think we should set, like, I think among our listeners, you know, we get a lot of, our listeners are very engaged. We get a lot of emails. 
we could find someone for John Mayer. Really? In the comedy community? In like no, the, just in just like our the, listener, the podcast listener I, community. Every time we, you know, every time we um, ask for something, we get a, a response. Like one time, I, I was having a difficult time like decorating my apartment, and an interior decorator who listens uh, emailed me. Or like oh, wow. one time, like we recently talked about overnight oats and how I have mixed feelings about them, and at least sixteen people emailed. Oh, us we actually got overnight. a ton of emails about it, and they were all. I mean, I know it was George asking the question, but I was like, okay, no one has anything to say to me. Like it was all just like. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Like, no, no. Hey, it's like, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not publicly asking for help. I'm really self-sufficient. I guess I'm just different than George, but you could at least say what's up. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. This is a side uh, quest. Sidebar. (laughs) Wait, okay. I'm, I'm conscious of time and I know we have to, but I, but I want to kind of get a last or, 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 you know, um, wait, yeah, go ahead. I do yeah. feel like, you know, the tiniest shred of structure that this podcast has, uh, I do need to ask, do we think matchmaking is inherently straight? Oh, my God. You're, I, that's exactly what I was going to ask. We're on really? The same page. Yeah. Oh, my I God. Was like, I was like, I was going to be like, to close the book on this, like, what makes it straight? George, I know our personalities clash and we yeah. fight all the time. Yeah, and we personally don't like one another. But... No, no, no. But sometimes it's like, okay, this is why we do it. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, it, it really makes you think any two people can, you know, a, a broken clock is right once a day or whatever. You know? Twice, actually, I've heard. Twice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but is matchmaking inherently straight? I mean, I think for me, it's straight because I'm against gay marriage, as we've <laughs> yeah. established already. So, so yeah. So in that sense, it's very straight and mm. even homophobic. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it straight? I mean, you know, when you think of the classic, you know, and like Fiddler on the Roof, um, uh, kind of like the the yearning for the matchmaker to make a match. Um, it's not only. I mean, they weren't talking about matching up two men were they oh god no were no, they? Not, not no. Fiddler, no no um also they weren't talking about setting up christians you know sure so sure, so yeah. it's, it's in that both, specific example it's very particular yeah so it's both for me it's both jewish and straight uh, interesting <laughs> yeah yeah so well, i adhere to certain yeah. rules no right. gay marriage <laughs> and one member of the couple has to be jewish at least one has one. to be jewish that's right yeah. is that the case for all your matches actually no okay. <laughs> <laughs> um no it is in your case it is with my friends who met through me and got married and then it's not the case for claire and her husband vince who are not I feel Jewish. like for me the, the the straightness of it comes from like and I'm not saying this about you specifically but the the instinct to set people up is this anxiety about uh, they people yes. need to get married like yeah. it, people it's like oh god there are two people in their 30s and they're single right. what are we going to do like let's put our minds together and think of something right 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 it's it's a kind of like the the impulse is is traditional and it presupposes futurity which is often linked yeah. to procreation even if Perfect. like the, the the impulse is not like when i'm setting up someone i'm like okay and now have a child immediately yeah. but but i think you're right in the sense that it um that it does is connected to that in a way like sub- subconsciously mm-hmm. um yeah. so yeah so i think it's completely straight and and also the gay marriage thing and <laughs> the jewish thing <laughs> well well that's incredible they did Um, it shall we shall we final segment it oh my goodness what a succinct and beautifully tight episode is that bad no i think it's very tasteful i think it's tasteful well i know i'm very conscious of the fact that nomi asked like how long it's gonna take in the beginning i mean if if we i i can i can stay i mean no 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 no. i think we're done here (laughs) this interview is over Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I am realizing I don't have a shout out. Sam, do you have one? Um, I have one. 
Well, okay. So first of all, Nomi, this segment, the final segment is called shout outs. And we give a shout out to something that we like. It can be literally anything, a concept, a real thing, whatever, uh, sort of in the style of a TRL uh, 2001 style shout out to your squad back home. Um, So go go ahead. You start. Okay. I will start. What's up, listeners? Um, I just want to give a huge shout out to the um, Beavis and Butthead character Cornholio. I have been watching Beavis and Butthead for some reason, and I just got to Cornholio, and I've never seen this before. It was making me laugh. I was LOLing. I don't know what this is. I don't know why this is funny. It reminds me of the bad kids growing up, but baby, I'm laughing. He drinks too much soda. He talks weird. He puts his shirt on his head. What more do you want? Comedy's easy, baby. Just say a funny word over and over and talk about your butt. Cornholio's funny. It holds up. Woo! 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 Um, what's up, listeners? I want to give a quick shout out to sculpture, indoor sculptures. <laughs> Woo! And let me tell, let me tell you something. <laughs> Growing up, it was like in movies, you know, you, you think of, let's say, a Woody Allen movie where he's trying to satirize like new money. You'd have someone have like a, a Venus de Milo, uh, you know, repli- you know, um, kind of like a neon pink tiger or something in their living room. And you were like, oh, that means bad taste. But I think we are at a point where it is time to reimagine what indoor sculpture in living rooms and even bedrooms or bathrooms could look like. And so I would like to issue the Straighter Lab Challenge, which is send me links of indoor sculptures I can put in my apartment to just fill it with animals and kind of ancient Greek paraphernalia um, and, and and really whatever else. I, I want them to suffocate me so I can't even move. Uh, so just so once again, a quick shout out to indoor sculptures. Woo! Woo! We have sculptures in the house. Like we have. You know, I, I literally, like, literally know me. I started saying my shout out and realized your husband is a sculptor, and I had forgotten. <laughs> like I, li- it, it that was not planned. George, well, you're so th- pandering. It's insane. No, but I was like, oh god, now it's like, is this bad? No, this like, is I, good. I, it means that we're on trend. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Although, I, although he does do mostly kind of like large scale outdoor. Yeah, he stuff. does outdoor sculptures, but we do have some indoor, and not just by him. We have a couple of other, but but they're small. I mean, it's not like yeah, you know, yeah. it doesn't stand on like an enormous like pedestal yeah. or anything. But right. um, but don't you agree that it was so? It's such a like yes, totally a shorthand for, to show something like that, like having a giant cheetah. Yeah. By your fire. Or like a, yeah, or like, yeah, right. Like a, like a Scarface type, yeah. you know, Miami, like, oh, there's a golden, like something or other. Yeah. Coke dens are back in a big way, baby. Yeah. I follow on Twitter, weirdly, not on Instagram. There's a, an account called Cocaine Decor. Yes. Yeah. And it's good because it has exactly, like, it's just pictures of like 80s kind of nouveau British, like uh 80s uh interiors it's pretty cool okay i mean i guess i can do a shout out hey what's up everybody <laughs> this is nomi and i want to send a shout out to my friend hannah goldfield because i've been thinking about her and i haven't like seen her in person in a long time we text every day but i really like her she's funny and a great person so just shouting her out. Love you, <laughs> Hannah. Woo! Shout out to Hannah. Dang, you took mine for next episode. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> we do, we do, we love Hannah. In this house, we stand we Hannah. We stand Hannah. <laughs> All right. Well, Nomi, this has been truly a delight. It was so yeah. fun, you guys. Thanks so much for doing it. Thanks. What yeah, a blast. I felt very comfortable with you two. I'm so glad. It was really nice. It was like an interesting conversation. I think so. It actually weirdly was. To me. Yeah, (laughs) that would be a lot. 